I was uh, reminded during the Friendly Church song that one of our members had a big milestone birthday last year. Samir George turned 88 years old. Certainly a celebration for him and for the rest of us as well. grateful for the opportunity to be here and to share with you today. I'm so thankful that you felt the pulling of the Holy Spirit to come in here today. Yeah. Anybody anybody know the feeling of just needing some some serve some worship? There's a pool that comes along. You need to be in the space with other believers. And it doesn't have to be because something is going all wrong in your life. I, I know when things start to go wrong, we start trying to find a place to go to feel closer to the Lord. But it can be because everything is good. In fact, when you find yourself in that place, I think, you're growing in your maturity with the Lord when things are all right and you're not coming to the Lord to, you know, ask him for anything or ask him to block something from happening. It's just a grateful heart. It's thank you, Lord. Thank you for being so good to me and for providing for me. For, as uh, my granddaddy used to say all the time, for things being as well as they are. Yeah, I used to wonder, you know, what does what that mean? What does that mean, well as they are, you know? I mean, we always want things to be perfect and all right. And then you get to a place when you okay with as well as they are. Yeah, it ain't all good, but Lord knows it ain't all bad either. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Bless us right now. Bless this word. There's a set of books in the Bible that we turn to on a regular basis when we need encouragement or direction. And uh, I don't know that any one book of the Bible is referred to under those circumstances more than the Psalms. It's simply full of blessings for us, full of direction, encouragement. And so today the Lord has led me to maybe one of the most familiar passages of Scripture in the Bible because I think sometimes we just need reminding. I'm always plumbing for new passages that I've not preached. So that helps me grow. But every now and then, you just need to go back to the tried and true and the familiar and remind yourself just how good he, he's been to us. And, and so if you got your Bible or your Bible app, turn to Psalm 23. 23. Yeah. Psalm 23. And you, you probably don't even need it. 
to, to repeat it. Probably one of the first ones somebody taught you. That's good, but it's okay to read it too. Just to remind yourself of the poetry in it, the promises in it, the passion in it, the provision, and all these things come pouring out of Psalm 23. You can bookmark a passage in your Bible for those of you who are not as familiar with it, a little bit younger. You can bookmark something in your phone, bookmark this one, all right, so that you can go straight to it. You can write in your Bible, mark it up. Anybody tell you you can't write in the Bible, don't know what a Bible is for? All right. A Bible isn't for looking. A Bible is for living. Okay, so write in it. Make notes in it. Yeah. What? You make notes in the Bible. Somebody comes behind you and reads that Bible and not only do they see what's in the scripture, they see what the scripture meant to you as well in that space. And so you kind of reveal a little bit maybe of what you're going through and what you expect. I'm just going to start reading. You can follow along with me. and I'm not going to read uh, the whole thing, but we'll talk about it. All right? Um, just a few words in it. Verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. That's a no. All right? That's a no. We don't need to read no more. Because that says it all. Yeah. The truth of the matter is, if we talk about this passage, the writer could have started any kind of way, Monica, he could have said, the Lord is a shepherd. All right? We could have said, the Lord is the shepherd. Both of those would have been true. But clearly, this writer, who's David, goes in a different direction when he starts writing about this passage of Scripture. From the very beginning, he's personalizing this passage. And he wants you to understand the nature of the relationship that he has with the Lord. And so while it's true that the Lord is a shepherd, the Lord is the shepherd of shepherds, it means a whole lot more when David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. Now, you can read this passage of Scripture as just a piece of literature, and it will be informative to you. But when you read this the way David wrote it, when you read this from the perspective of a personal relationship, it changes the whole perspective on what this passage means. When you read this with the passion that David wrote it, and he writes, the Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd, then that implies a level of relationship and responsibility that you can draw into yourself. And so I came to tell you today, you want to get to a place in your life where you can read this and say, the Lord is my shepherd. What does that mean? What does it mean? What does it mean when you say, that the Lord is your shepherd, all right? Well, the reason why these psalms were given is because, like I said, it's not just for looking, it's for living. The psalms, for those of you who don't know the history of how we got the Bible, who don't understand how it's put together, it's not complicated. Just like we have a worship service, and you know, I don't know how many are still on the back of the pews, 
but we have hymnals on the back of those pews. Yeah. Well, the Psalms were the hymns for the church. That's the early church. So these are actually songs. And so you can't hear it now because we don't know the tune, but these, these words were actually set to music. And that's why you see some of them were written to the, music, to the musician or were penned by Asaph, who was the head choir man at one point. Uh, David, we know from his history, was a musician. And that's why we give David so many titles. David, remember, if you don't know this about David, David played the harp. And the Bible says that one of the reasons why he was able to come into the palace when Saul was the king, because apparently David could play the harp so well that when he played, the music calmed, calmed Saul down. Yeah, and Psalm needed a whole, Saul needed a whole lot of music playing because he was a fool. Yeah, yeah. The same guy who came in and played the music for him on the harp is the same one that Saul tried to have killed. David, there's a whole lot going on. But imagine the courage of this young man to come in. The Bible says one day that David was in there playing the harp, getting down, play something. Yeah, doing his thing over there on the harp. And the Bible says that some spirit hit Saul and Saul picked up the javelin and threw it at him. And it missed him. It's a hard crowd to play for when folks throwing spears at you. This is the environment that David grew up in. But I believe more than anything, I know it wasn't in the palace that David honed his skills and learned how to write the Psalms, it was in the sheepfold. It was in that place where nobody wanted to be, the job that nobody wanted, the thankless night after night out there with nobody but the sheep. When he was afraid, when, when there were wild animals trying to snatch sheep out of the fold, and it was just him and his brothers who didn't care. He was the youngest, so that's your job. You go down there and take care of it. Don't call us because we're sleeping and partying is what his brothers would say. Oh, sometimes we'd be off doing something more important. But taking care of the sheep is your job. And you better not lose any daddy's sheep. Because that's money. And that's food. And that's provision for all the family. So he couldn't go to sleep. Imagine, you can't go to sleep. You're scared. You learn that there is a presence there that you can't see, but you can feel. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been up at night and life was all over you and you know you can't go to sleep? Yeah, life is riding you. I had a night this week that life was riding me. Yeah, you can't go to sleep. It doesn't matter how long you lay there, sleep won't come down. Yeah. But there's one who can come, who can calm you down. If you know how to call on him. He can provide for you that peaceful feeling that will allow your body to get the rest that it needs because you can't get rest. You can think straight. You can't, you, if your body doesn't function with it when you don't get that rest. So if you familiarize yourself with these psalms, whatever your business can be before the throne of grace, you'll find that there's a psalm that can fit it, whether you're coming to the Lord for uh, uh, grace, 
or for confession or whether you need to just give thanks for how good he's been to you or whether you're, there's a supplication or interceding for somebody else. There's a psalm that's going to fit that situation. If you read them enough, you'll find that they're good for all the circumstances of life. And because of that, we've adapted them, y'all, into our popular culture. Oh, oh, we, know, we, we put psalms in everything, and you might, not even, you might not even realize how we've infused psalms into everything. It's just like um, anybody lately had to go on a restricted diet, and the doctor said, you can't have such and such. And then you go start looking at all the stuff you eat, and you realize that everything you like, some of that's in it. You mean I can't have this no more because it's sugar in it? I can't have that no more because it's... Yeah, well, that's how the Psalms are. If you, start if you start dissecting all of the things in life, the Psalms in life you know, you'll really realize that you've been singing Psalms and you didn't even know it. I mean, let me give you an example. Yeah, yeah. when we start singing the song, Here I Am to Worship, that's a song. That's a song. Yeah, when you start singing the song, How Great is Our God, that's a song. When you start singing, Lord, I lift your name on high, that's a song. All right? Straight out of Scripture, we're taking this. How about, Lord, uh, 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 I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will be continually, or continually be in my mouth. Um, and then, of course, we've made this psalm specifically into a psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, a specifically one. And so these psalms come to us, and they tell us about relationship. But when David starts this familiar one with the Lord is my shepherd, when you listen to him, David is drawing on what he knows a shepherd to be. And when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, then he understands what his relationship was to the sheep that were in his sheepfold while he was younger. And he's saying, the Lord is to me what I was to those sheep. And if the Lord is to me what I was to those sheep, then I don't have anything to worry about because David knew that everything those sheep needed, every bit of protection, he had to provide that. Now, you'll free yourself of some, some, some tension in your life if you understand that you have a relationship with the Lord and he is your shepherd. Instead of you trying to do everything yourself, you need to offload some of those problems and understand that it's the shepherd's job to take care of some of the problems that you're trying to take care of yourself. God wants us to be satisfied, content. And yet we put ourselves in situations all the time where instead of being that, we are tense. We're afraid. Scripture comes in, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And yet we walk around fearful all the time. It's his job to take care of us. And how do I know that? Because that's what this, this passage reminds me of this relationship. Paul said this in Philippians 4, 11 and 12. I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. The King James Version says, in all things. 
He said, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, Paul writes, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul says he's learned. Now, if you study Paul's life, Paul was always in situations that were tense. But he said, despite my circumstances and the things you see around me, I've learned inwardly to be all right. I may not be able to control all the circumstances around me, but when you see me, I ain't sweating. Because I understand what contentment is. And the reason why David could write the same thing is because he says the first thing that you and I need to start saying is, my shepherd gives me everything I need. Can you say that? He gives me, my shepherd gives me everything that I need. And so I can be thankful because the good shepherd has the, watch this now, responsibility to provide for me. The responsibility for it. He gives me everything I need. You know, it's interesting that we are compared to a sheep. That is not a compliment for us to be compared to as sheep. If you study sheep, sheep are about the dumbest animals you're going to ever find. They are. And so sheep are totally dependent on the shepherd. And so when you look at us in Scripture being compared to sheep, it's not to insult us, it's to instruct us. Just as an animal like a sheep learns to be completely dependent on the shepherd, the Scripture is telling us you and I have to decrease in our level of independence and learn to be dependent on the master. The thing that gets us in trouble all the time is we want to do it. We want to do it. It doesn't take long. In a minute, Dylan, when he's walking around in a little while, he'll be walking with his mama or whoever, and he'll got his hand at the moment, which could be anybody. <laughs> he'll be walking along and toddling along in here, and before long, he learns to pull his hand out of whoever's holding his hand because there's something in us that makes us want to do it ourselves. It's no different when we get older. Yeah, we always want to snatch our hand out of God's hand and go and do it ourselves. We want to walk our way and talk our way and live our way and be our way. And he's still standing there with his hand open saying, here am I, just come on with me, but we want to do it our way. I know I'm not the only one who's struggling trying to find my own pathway. God says he's ready to take care of them. He's willing to guide us. And sheep understand this relationship. And so the Bible says that a shepherd ensures that the sheep, this is the problem we have. The Bible says that the shepherd ensures that we have all we need. That's the rub. He's going to provide everything 
that we need. The problem is not need, church. The problem is want. He's going to ensure that what you need on a daily basis, that provision is there. How many of you are not ashamed to say that we spend a lot of our time not pursuing needs, but wants? We want a certain lifestyle. We want certain toys in life and certain places, and we use a lot of energy, not only obtaining, but maintaining that lifestyle, and it creates so much stress for us. That's not the shepherd's job. Shepherd's job is not to give us everything we want. He gives us everything we need. The shepherd, in the 23rd Psalm, pays attention to his livestock. He pays attention to the flock, just like the Lord watches over everything we do. And he knows that they can't take care of themselves. He knows this. He knows this. Not only that, he knows that they know his voice. There's a story told of an incident, it's a re, uh, an incident that took place in the Palestine, uh, Palestine area where there was a war going on, and when the enemy troops came in, they took every shepherd's flock, and they herded all of them, hundreds and hundreds of sheep, into one pasture. And they made a provision that for a certain amount of money, those shepherds could come and redeem their sheep. All right, so you got hundreds of sheep. And one sheepfold, one little, palace, one little uh, Hebrew boy who didn't have anything in the world but six sheep. They took his six sheep too, put them in that sheepfold. Somehow, by the grace of God, he was able to muster up enough money so that he could go in and redeem his sheep. And the soldiers that were holding the sheep in the sheepfold gladly took his money and they said, well, now you can get your sheep if you can figure out which ones they were which ones they are. This little Hebrew boy said, I'm not concerned about that because he had his little call. See, every sheep understands the call of his master. And so he stepped into the sheepfold with his little whistle and his call, and he blew it. And out of the middle of hundreds of sheep come six little sheep all the way to the gate and he and she trotted out of there because the Bible tells us clearly, my sheep know me and they know my voice. And so when the master calls, it doesn't matter what crowded field you're in, you know how to make your way back to the master. The question is, have you gotten your life so full of stuff that you can't hear the master calling you right now? Is there so much noise in your life that it's drowning out the call of the master? Because he still is calling for you. Not only does the sheep know the master's voice, the Bible says that the master, the sheep, the shepherd is going to make it such that he's got four things that he's going to do to make sure the sheep, okay, first, for sheep to be content, they have to be full, have to be full. So the master 
the shepherd, has a responsibility to put them on green pastures that they can eat. Because the truth of the matter is, if a shepherd doesn't stop a sheep from eating, they'll eat everything in sight. They'll gorge themselves. In fact, they'll not only gorge themselves, they'll ruin the place, ruin the place so that it's no good for any other time. So he has to balance them and move them from place to place. That's why they're always moving sheep, because they'll ruin the pasture land and not be able to come back to it. And so a hungry sheep is not good because they will not go to sleep. Yeah. They won't go to sleep if they're hungry. They will continue eating until they are full. And so a good shepherd is going to make sure that he gives them this day their daily bread. <laughs> and make sure they have what they need. Not only that, a good shepherd understands that his sheep won't lay down and go to sleep if they're afraid. And so they, they have to make sure that the area that they're in is safe, or at least the sheep believe that it's safe. And the Bible says clearly here, if you've read through this passage, and I know you've continued to read, there are two instruments that the shepherd has. He's got a rod, and he's got a staff. And the Bible says that there's a purpose for the rod and the staff. It's not just so he can look good on Instagram pictures. The rod and the staff are to comfort the sheep. How does that comfort the sheep? Well, the rod is there for the defense of enemies that come from outside the sheepfold. All right, if you can't imagine a, re a, a rod, it's almost like a little club. Sometimes they put stick stones or metal into it, and the shepherd uses that to kill all the wild animals or people who come try and take the sheep from them. In other words, it's defensive from the outside, and when the sheep see the rod, they understand that the shepherd can take care of the enemy that comes from within. But he's also got a staff, the little hook. And that's not for outside, that's for inside. Because sheep will harm themselves. They'll fight over a patch of grass. They'll fight one another. They'll eat down into a hole because they don't have good vision. And so the shepherd has to sometimes use a staff to pull the sheep out of a hole himself. Somebody I know in here understands what I'm saying because you've been following something that looked good and found yourself down in a hole. And the Lord had to come pull you out of the hole that you walked yourself into. That's what the staff is for. Not only that, at night when the sheep are jostling about, the shepherd sometimes just takes the rod and comforts them, lets them know I'm still here. Yeah, everything's all right. You're going to be okay. That's why the shepherd, I mean, David wrote, that rod and that staff, they bring comfort to me. Just knowing that you have those things. A sheep will not drink from water that is moving. No, no, no. Sheep will only drink from still waters. Why is that? Because a sheep has such small legs and they have wool on them. And if they fall down in the water, they can't get themselves out. And so they drown. The shepherd knows this, which is why a shepherd will ensure 
that he creates even when water is rushing. He will pool up with rocks and area so the sheep can drink from still waters. That's a shepherd's job. And some of us keep trying to drink from the hose pipe of life. Keep trying to drink as it's running toward us. And I can tell you, it ain't the hose pipe, it's the fire hose that some of us, because we want all of it to come to us and you're not going to be able to take it and it's not going to be good for you. The Lord knows how to put you in quiet waters. Not only that, a sheep won't lie down unless there's harmony in the, in the flock. So they, they won't lay down if they're not full. No, they won't lay down if they're afraid. Somebody ought to say, ouch. Yeah. They won't lay down if they're not content. And lastly, if there's discontent, tension in the flock, sheep won't lay down for that either. A good shepherd knows how to bring peace in the flock and calm them all down. There is, in fact, tension sometimes that comes with life. And the good shepherd knows how to sit down. That's why your mama and daddy tell y'all to make up before you go to bed. When you're arguing with your brother and sister or you're arguing with your cousin or whoever it is, because they know that you're not going to go to sleep and, and, and have peace when you're arguing overnight. Karen and I celebrate our wedding anniversary this coming Wednesday. Be 37 years, 37 years ago on our wedding day, I remember sitting in the front yard of Karen's mom and daddy's house after the ceremony. She had an uncle who gone to glory now. They lived in Canada, Toronto, Canada. And, you know, the, old, the elders of the family were giving me wisdom. And uh, he told me something that I've never forgotten. He said to me, don't ever go to sleep mad one another. I failed that. <laughs> it was good advice. But I'm just going to be honest with you. We're going to keep it 100. I failed that. But it was to my punishment. Because on the nights that Karen and I didn't take tea well together, and I was upset with her or she was upset with me, neither one of us got any sleep that night. We tossed and turned got up and went somewhere else and sat up. And all of that probably could have been resolved with three little words, all right? Yeah, it could have been resolved by simply saying, you know, I am sorry. Instead, we gave up our peace for a night. And I often think back to sitting in that yard and him giving me that little advice. I came to tell you today, sometimes the best advice it's not something that's so poetic. Sometimes it's just simple information. And he told me clearly, don't go to bed mad at each other. And so I'm here to tell you today, I'm repeating to you what he said to me. When there's struggle and strife, make peace. Because peace is going to bring harmony. And it's that level of contentment. And the shepherd, the one who guides us, is trying to lead us to that place all the time. So it's not like you don't know, but when you snatch your hand out of his hand, you're going to do it your way every single, every single time. And the last thing I want to tell you is not only does my shepherd protect, um, my, not only does my shepherd make provision for me, 
My shepherd also protects me from evil. Yeah. 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 How does he do that? Well, the first thing he does, according to the scripture, if you read it, it says he restores my soul. He makes sure he knows, I know that I'm his. Yeah. And even if I'm walking in tough places, and sometimes I've walked in places that seem okay, okay, Ayo, when it was light. Didn't seem so bad when it was light. But it's something about the setting of the sun that changes the perspective of situations that I thought might have been safe at one point. And later I found out that I've really been walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I didn't realize it until there was a shifting. Yeah, and I started seeing shadows that were not there before because the sun has moved away from me. And when the sun moves away, it exposes you to problems that you probably weren't aware of in the first place. And sometimes it's not just where you're walking, it's who you're walking with. You find yourself in tough places. It's the shepherd's job to protect the sheep from getting into those situations. And so if you follow him and do what he tells you to do, even though you're walking through places that might cause harm for you, it's his job to make sure you're protected. It's his job to make sure no evil comes upon you. But you got to make sure that you're following him. It's his job to make sure you're all right. I love this, and I want to tell you this about the valley of the shadow of death. I need to tell you this. There's no harm going through it. Don't make your house in it. All right? It's a pathway to another, another location. And whenever shadows are around, you need to know that the sun is near. Because you can't have a shadow without the sun being somewhere. So keep following the sun. And you'll walk your way out of the circumstances that you find yourself in. And, and people say, well, what is this place? The scripture is very clear that this was an actual place that David was talking about. This was an actual valley that people had to walk through that had high mountains and the mountains were uh, made of, of sheer rock and the pathway was very narrow. And so if you weren't following the shepherd, you not only step in holes on one side, but things could hide behind the rocks and jump out and get you and robbers would hide behind the rocks and come out. And that's why the shepherd is always vigilant, always looking out for you. These are actual places, and I ain't got to tell some of y'all that this is an actual reality because some of you have found yourself in these places. But the shepherd has brought, brought you through. And that's his other responsibility to protect us from that evil. The Bible says clearly that death is Satan's weapon. But the Lord, the good shepherd, has shown us that death has no hold on us anymore. Why? Because he took on death and he conquered death. Yeah, death thought it had. And death did get him on that Friday. Oh yeah, death got him on that Friday and it looked like death was winning on her own Friday when he was on that cross. Death had the upper hand, it seemed, on Friday. And so death started partying on Friday night. And Saturday, it was so good to death because he had gotten him. He kept his party going to a day party on, on Saturday morning. Yeah, and he was still partying. 
All the way into Saturday afternoon, the party was jumping all night Saturday night, and Death thought he was going to kick it into high gear and make it a whole festival on Jesus' grave. On Sunday morning, he went to the package store to resupply, but when he came back, he realized that the party was over, that even though Death had him on Friday, had him on Saturday, early Sunday morning, the Lord put death in his place. And now he lives with all glory. That's why you and I both can stand up and say, now I'll follow the shepherd. Yeah, where he goes, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Do you know this man named Jesus? He is, he said, the good shepherd. He knows us. If today you've just come to find out who this man named Jesus is, if you've just come to realize that he has been waiting for you, he's standing there with his arms stretched wide, waiting on you to become part of his family. I'm extending this invitation to you right now to invite you to be a part of not just Jesus' family, but be a part of our family. Are you here today? Is he your shepherd? Today you want to start a new relationship with him, I, I offer you the chance to come to him right now, offering Christ to you. Oh yeah, we offer Christ to you. We offer Christ to you. Yeah. He'll give you brand new life. Yeah. That's abundant life. 